Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as TIFA Project for short, a podcast show that features stories and life lessons told by American women of Filipino descent. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos. And I'm Nani Dominguez. And thank you for joining us. Today's conversation resonates with you. Text us and let us know at 415-484-8329. And if you want to show us some love, buy us boba at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jen and Nani. It says coffee, but we love boba. Again, that's www.buymeacoffee.com slash Jen and Nani. Awesome. With that said, thank you all for your love and support. Now let's get into the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Jen Amos here. Just wanted to do a quick announcement before we dive into today's incredible conversation with Dr. Abby. So at the time of this recording, Nani was still pregnant, and now that this episode is being released, she is a new mother. So if you haven't reached out to her already, please, please congratulate her. You can find her on Instagram at Notes by Nani. You can also shoot her an email at nani at tfawproject.com. That's nani at tifaproject.com. Or of course, you can shoot us a text message at 415-484-8329. Nani, if you're listening to this, I miss you. <laughs> and listening to this replay just made me miss you so much and, you know, really appreciate just our chemistry as co-host, you know. So even though you hear her in this episode, just know that this was pre-recorded but either way, this conversation is still very relevant to today, and I think you all are going to enjoy it. Also, the reason why I'm doing this quick announcement is at the beginning of the recording, we often emphasize the importance of subscribing to our newsletter. And if you have been a loyal follower or loyal newsletter opener, <laughs> actually not just subscribing to our emails, but actually opening them up and reading them, and you notice that we haven't been sending them out lately, that's because Nani usually is the one to organize them, put them together, and I'm usually the one to, you know, oversee it and then do some final minor edits and send it out. At the time that I'm recording this announcement, I have some downtime to myself to really listen and catch up with a lot of our messages for the Tifa project. So to everyone that has reached out recently and in the recent weeks, if not months, because I know Nani and I are behind on some messages. Without Nani, unfortunately, we haven't been consistent with the newsletter. I just want to let you know that I'm going to take some time to listen to everyone, respond, and also share just my general thoughts on everyone's messages for our commentary next Friday. My primary objective for the show is to have a consistent show here, making sure we release an episode every week for you every Friday, as well as a special exclusive episode on Chismas with Jen and Ani. So yeah, you all have something really exciting to look forward to. And also, if you want to reach out to me directly between now and next Friday, if you want to be included, if you want to get a shout out, feel free to shoot us a text at 415-484-8329. Again, that's 415-484-8329. Or you could also shoot me an email directly at jen, J-E-N, at tfaproject.com. That's T-F, 
AW, as in the Filipino American Woman, project.com. And of course, feel free to uh, CC Nani as well, N-A-N-I at tifaproject.com so that she can stay in the loop. Because normally when you all email me individually, I usually reply by CCing her. (laughs) So I just want to let you know where we are at. And we want to continue to thank you for your grace and patience and understanding, you know, being able to run the show with Nani and I. But currently, you know, Nani really enjoying this new chapter of her life of motherhood. And that's what we got to do. And I myself am going through a lot of personal changes. I mentioned this in the past, and I talked about it at a recent keynote speech that you can learn more about on my podcast show, holdingdownthefortpodcast.com, where I talk specifically about military families and bringing their stories and their needs to light for people to learn more about this incredible community that I had the fortune of growing up in. So anyway, all that being said, thank you all so much again, like I said, for your patience and understanding and continuing to support our show. Remember, if you do love our show and you want to continue to see Filipina-led media, check us out at biasboba.com. We'd love for you to financially support us. That is really a true indicator that you want to continue to see the show going and all that good stuff. So once again, the website to support us is biasboba.com. All right, and that's all I have to share for today. Please enjoy today's discussion with Dr. Abby. Welcome back to another episode of the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as T for Project for short. I am your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And as always, I have my amazing co-host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back. Thank you. Hello, everybody. So excited for our guest today. Yes. And, you know, I keep forgetting that we mentioned our phone number and stuff like in the intro music. So I won't mention it this time. I'll just say subscribe to our newsletter. Yes. <laughs> if you, and if you be- didn't catch it, it's in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. Anything you need to get a hold of us in the show notes, our email, our phone number, and a way to subscribe to our newsletter. But real quickly, Nani, let people know why it's so important for people to get involved in our newsletter. Yeah, the newsletter is where we're building community these days. So we are connecting with a lot of you guys that way. We are featuring a lot of the past guests that we've had on the show from the earlier days of the TIFA project. We keep you guys updated with news and politics here in the U.S., over in the motherland in the Philippines, as well as around the world now with help from our interns from the Bulosan Center at UC Davis. We include, you know, if you guys are curious more about Jen and I as co-hosts and individuals and other projects that we're working on both together and on our own, we include links to that kind of stuff. And of course, information on our latest TIFA project releases. So join us over there. If you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, we just have a wealth of information that we give out to you guys there that you don't want to miss out on. Yeah. And so if you're wondering why we are not as active on social media as we used to be, that's why, (laughs) because we are investing a lot of our time in our newsletter and obviously our private podcast show, Just Miss with Jen and Nani, which you can learn more about at biasboba.com. All right. Without further ado, I am really excited, Nani. We are interviewing another incredible person in our community. Let me go ahead and bring her on. We have Dr. Abby Hamilton, also goes by Dr. Abby. She is an industrial organizational psychologist, higher education director, 
and vice chairperson of the Philippine Cultural Foundation. You can learn more about her right now at drabbyhamilton.com and add her on Instagram, abbyhamilton333. And she is actually starting a YouTube series, which she'll tell us here in a little bit. So make sure you find her on YouTube as well. So without further ado, Dr. Abby, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And let's start with you sharing. How did you hear about our show and what compelled you to join us? Oh, my goodness. So uh, last year when I did my dissertation, my research on Filipino Americans, all of a sudden I looked online to see what already is out there, you know, because people like you are having these conversations. I'm finding there are people who are not having the conversations that are so hungry for it. And you know that too with your audience. And so I found you guys and I thought, oh my goodness, I have to be part of this. And I just wanted to let you know too, all the trouble and all the work that you're doing for your newsletter is amazing because, I mean, I just looked at that thing and I'm just, there's so many awesome things to read. I want to click, click, click. I want to read. And a lot of us need to hear that. I mean, it's never going to be old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And, uh, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to Nani <laughs> for working on the newsletter. She does anything that's like writing related on our show. And I'm more of like the production <laughs> side. I shouldn't like minimize the work that I do, obviously, but like, you know, really a lot of the community building and a lot of the writing has a lot to do with Nani. So Nani, how does it feel for you to hear that from Dr. Abby? Yeah, that I really, really appreciate that. I do put a lot of my time and labor of love weekly into putting that newsletter together. And like I mentioned, I also have to give credit to our interns at the Bulo Sun Center who also helped me a little bit with that, gathering some information. So it is a collective effort nonetheless, but yes, it means a lot that you even just open it. So <laughs> if you're one of the people that has subscribed, but you don't necessarily open and read it, I suggest that you open it at the very least and just skim through it to humor me. So yes, thank you for participating in our community building via newsletter. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I love that you all do all this research. You know why? Because I know that when I speak, there's so much I want to tell people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I do is I work with the youth and I can't wait for all this COVID stuff to end so I can get back out there with them. But I could take one of those newsletters and create an entire like leadership conference or know your Filipino identity conference on one whole day's worth from a newsletter, you know, because we should look at one article and talk about it together. And then look at another article and talk about it together because this is all happening inside our hearts and minds. We need to really investigate it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the length of the newsletter, I feel like we have done that by design because we want to show our community. We have a lot of exciting things going on, you know, yeah. and it's just another way to validate us and how amazing and eclectic and multifaceted our community is. So that's so cool. I didn't think we'd start off just beefing up the newsletter, but there you go to our listeners. If you're not convinced by now, then listen to the next episode and we'll try to convince you again. <laughs> but anyway, Dr. Avi, you were uh, born, raised and living in Tampa, Florida, like your life is there. So tell us a little bit about that, your experience in Tampa, Florida and your family background. I know that your mom's a doctor from Manila and your dad was actually, you're going to have to pronounce this for me, but I'm not going to spoil it for them. But why don't you go tell us a little bit about your family background and your life in Tampa, Florida? Oh gosh. So I was born in New York. I should give mm. credit to that, but then moved here when I was two. And my dad was the bishop over the entire diocese of the United States and Canada of the Philippine Independent Catholic Church. 
So if you know how Filipinos do church, there's lots of hardcore traditions and the things that you do that just as the daughter of the bishop, you know, it became my life. And you learn all these different things. You know, every Easter you do this, every Good Friday you do this, every Christmas. And then we were also around the Filipinos. And then I got really involved in the Filipino community. And when I was in about middle school, I started in the Philippine Cultural Folk Dance Group. And that was hardcore, mostly because we ended up with one of the choreographers from the Bayanihan Dance Troupe in the Philippines. I don't know if you know about this group, but they're sponsored by the government. And everything they do is historically accurate because they have his historical researchers who look at the accuracy of, you know, each tribe that they're representing and all that. Anyway, so that was a big part of my culture because you had to learn, you know, what about the Maria Clara? What about the Muslim? Mm. What about the Igorot? You know, then of course we did Barrio Fiesta, Santa Cruz, you know, Reina Elena and all of those different things. Oh man, you're in that life. (laughs) mm -hmm, Yeah. And I love it, especially because, you know, I was born here. So how Mm. Filipino am I as far as, you know, how did I ever walk the streets, the dirt streets of the Philippines in a gown for the Santa Cruz? No, I didn't. But I was Reina de las Flores. And I love being able to say this. My daughter was Reina de las Flores. You know, and then one day my granddaughter will be Reina Delas Flores. You know what I mean? That we can carry this on. So really proud about that. And then I became the one that everyone said, Abigail, you'll be the MC. Abigail, run for president. Abigail, you will be the future chair. Wow. They appointed you. Yes. Yes. And, you know, of <laughs> course, you know, and I, I love it. I really love it whether you ever went to the Philippines or not, you know, they they say, how Filipino are you? Even if you're like one, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I say you could, you know, you could be Filipino in your heart by eating bagong, you know? So (laughs) I love that we can enhance the culture of the community here in general by being Filipino true, you know, to the core and, and tell everybody how amazing our culture is. So yeah. And then a big part of it, it too is sharing it with the youth. I don't want them to just be, you know, YouTubers that, you know, who skateboard and who play video games and then, you know, do something else without ever really knowing. I've been yeah. coming across on Clubhouse Filipinos who are like, I know I'm Filipino, but I don't really do anything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what a waste because they have mm-hmm. it in them. Why not? So this is my journey. And then there's so much more from my research, you know, that I want to share with the world. So my upbringing planted the seeds and here I am now. I just love that you mentioned this is part of your upbringing and you're just like fully owning it. I don't know, maybe for me, I just think to myself, I probably would have wanted to stray away from my Filipino identity at one point. I mean, it really took me till college to learn about my culture and you know, now in my young thirties to really embrace it in community with all the people we are fortunate to interview on the show. But I mean, just from a very young age, just knowing that you had that, I mean, you have to tell me, was there ever a point where you're like, you know, I want to steer away like for a little bit, have you ever had that? Or has it kind of just, you just always had this conviction, maybe sense of responsibility and pride, you know, to carry on what your family has, you know, essentially bred you up to be. I'm sure maybe when I was little, I was like, yeah, I'm Filipino. We do these weird (laughs) things, you know? But then it felt good when I got in that gown, you know, and I I was like, I get to do this. And then in high school, I would bring my two best friends from high school. When I performed somewhere, they'd be like, 
the groupies, you know? Yeah, um, your cheerleaders, yes. You, yeah, and they thought it was cool, you know, like, look, my friend does this cool thing. So, but in college, I went to a college that had like four Asians, I feel. Mm. I think it was only like four of us. And, and I didn't re- ever really talk about my Filipino stuff there. Mm. And they didn't even have a multicultural student union until my senior year. And in my senior year, I was asked to dance the pandango with the candle on my head. And I went home, got my gown with, you know, the sleeves, you know, the butterfly sleeves. And I walked across campus with this gown. I'm so excited to share my culture. Senior year. Okay. That means four years at this college. Yeah. And some girl stopped me who knew me and she goes, what the hell are you wearing? Wow. And in that moment, at first I felt like Mm. crying and running back to my dorm and like just ripping dress. Mm. But then I got angry. Mm. Like, who are you? You know, like you've shown me how completely close-minded and ignorant you are to the culture of this world. So I got fired up, but that feeling of, of that mixed feeling that I had where it was like, go cry and go run to your room and never let anybody see this part of you ever again to I'm doing this. And I had to go, I actually continued across the rest of the campus, went and danced that dance, but my heart was still beating so fast the whole entire time because Mm -hmm. all those feelings were happening. That story is still with me though, because it fuels what I want to tell everybody today. You know, like if they can appreciate it, then they're just ignorant. You know, it's not like you should be embarrassed for doing something that's weird to them. You know, forget them. (laughs) Yeah. And it's okay. You can curse on this show. (laughs) (laughs) I don't typically, I don't curse. I I said, oh, okay. Okay. That's a big one for me. So I knew what you meant though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow. That's just. Yeah, see, that's I'm like so a little bit now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I was just feeling your passion there, Dr. Abby, just with everything you shared just now. And I feel like I need to like collect my thoughts, but I don't know, Nani, any initial thoughts from you? Yeah, no, I think that that's just great, like really gem mom advice on how to be proud of your culture, because a lot of us, not just Filipino Americans, but Asian Americans in general, I think are taught to hide our culture, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. shrink ourselves Mm -hmm. and hide our culture through experiences like that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. It just speaks to, I think, how the rest of the world looks at Americans as so like unaccepting or so just like, oh, things should be this way and closed minded, like you said, about other cultures and learning about other people's experiences. And it's like, no, just because we live here and we reside here and we have to exist here doesn't mean that we have to shrink who we are and where we come from. It means that we have to be louder about it, really. And Yeah, it's unfortunate that so many of us have to experience those microaggressions and deal with, you know, especially in that moment, which was such a big moment for you doing your performance or leading up to your performance, literally walking to go do it and then having that happen and uh, just throw, yeah, by a friend that Mm -hmm. just threw you off so much that you couldn't even be in your right mental state going into what it is that was so important that day. And so, yeah, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And also I love how you kind of outlined the bubbling or boiling of emotions inside you. That was like, at first, you know, you succumb to it, that criticism Mm -hmm. from her. And second, you were like, you know what, screw that. Like, this is my day, you know, and I'm going to show you why I'm wearing this dress. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could say I was really that strong. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, looking back, bit, right? <laughs> but it took a little bit. But also one of the big things I learned is that it was just in 1965 when the Immigration Act happened that more Filipinos started coming here. That's yeah. We're still babies, okay? And I feel like at that time they had said, come to our country, be as American as possible. Don't try to stick out because we want you to have a positive experience. We don't want anybody to see you as weirdos. So just, you know, be assimilate, assimilate, don't speak the language. And my mom was told it's irresponsible to speak to your child in Tagalog and to teach her Tagalog because you want her to not have the accent. You want her to fit in and you don't want your child to suffer, do you? And so she was, she thought she was being a good parent. But when you take that 1965, I mean, we're not even a hundred years from then yet. You know what I mean? So a hundred years from now, we won't even really be having these conversations. They're going to say, my grandmother once felt this way. You know what I mean? That's what I feel. I feel like it will be at that point at some point, but until then there's just this transition time. There's a lot of work to do. Yeah. I love that look ahead. And I appreciate that perspective too, because I think that we're all just so inundated with what we're dealing with right now, what's in front of our plate and unpacking that. And then also unpacking why our parents didn't want to teach us the language, why it was so important to them for us to not have accents. You know, my grandparents told me the same thing when I was little growing up, asking them to teach me to speak the language. And they would be like, no, people don't respect you when you have an accent. And I'm like, uh, what? I was like, you have accents, people respect you. And they're like, no, you don't even know. And I'm just like, okay, you know, there's just so much to unpack there. And so I appreciate the look ahead and the hopefulness that you have that a hundred years from now, we won't even be needing to have these conversations because we're doing it now. So yeah. 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 Part of my hope, we've said this in like past workshops, but I want something such as our show to be the traditional media of tomorrow because traditional media wasn't always traditional media. I do believe that if we, you know, there's a Chinese proverb that goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time mm-hmm. is today. And that's yeah. how I feel about the show is being that change for the next generation, knowing that. And I, I appreciate you adding that perspective, Dr. Abby, that happened less than a hundred years ago, 1965. That is not too long ago. You know, like my mom was born, I think in the 1950s, you know, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure if I do the math right, she was born around that time. But to know that we are still babies out here and that really this time is extremely special, knowing that we have media outlets such as podcasting to be able to add our narrative to the mix here in America is quite revolutionary. And so, you know, I'm just appreciative of this moment to talk about this out loud. I know that one day our, the future generations are going to look at us and be like, oh, they were so amateur, you know, like they were so like, <laughs> like the things that we're talking about, they're like, oh, come on. Like that is so like early 2000s, <laughs> you know, like I would just love that. Like to know that they hopefully have evolved in a, in a certain way where they truly are proud of their heritage, where they come from and everything. And, you know, we talked about this recently about how when a lot of Filipino American women become mothers, one of the first things they think about is like, how am I going to preserve the culture for, you know, my kids knowing that like my parents are American or, you know, knowing that my parents don't even want to tell me, or my grandparents want to tell me about their history. But, you know, one thing that even I noticed in the schools, like at San Diego state, which is my alma mater is they are now having these Asian American focus centers now to preserve culture. So I feel like collectively we are all trying to preserve the culture. We don't just have to be dependent on our parents and grandparents anymore and our relatives, but we have the whole collective wanting to make this happen. And I'm here for it. I'm excited for every single part of it. My dad used to say, you must know 
who Jose Rizal was, you know, like he (laughs) actually had an entire bronze statue, life-size bronze statue built in front of the Philippine church that he he had. And, you know, and my kids now know who Jose Rizal is. And, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you this, I think I know more, not more, but I know a lot about the Philippine culture that my cousins in the Philippines don't even know. Like mm-hmm. they'll say, oh, you know so much more because of the Philippine folk dance that I had to do. Yeah. And we had to learn the, the different tribes and the different sweet, you know, the different areas of the Philippines. Even now in my 40s, I feel like I'm still learning new things. Yeah. And and it's up to me now to make those facts common knowledge for me. You know, like people talk about Cesar Chavez and the, how the Filipinos helped with the grape strikes and like mm-hmm. that little sentence I just said right there, I would have not known very much about it and probably am an imposter right now because I don't really know that much to explain it to you. But I know that there, you know, we did something great and I'll reread the story again so I could just tell somebody at dinner one day, you know, and, and I want to be able to say, we're all going to be able to talk about like the Angelino Quinto, you know, we're going to be able to talk about, you know, the things that happened here. I don't know. It's up to us though, how yeah. much we want to learn, like the different terms that I've used, like colonial mentality, perpetual foreigner syndrome, and a model minority myth that are like, they roll off my tongue now. It's only because I, I want, I was like, what, what does this mean again? Oh, yeah. I can tell anybody about that now. And my children, I want them to know it as common sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're learning the language together. And I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, piggybacking off of what Jen had said. We're learning from each other's stories, whether our families wanted to help pass down that knowledge and that experience that they've had or not. We get to learn from each other. And that's what's so special about the oral history part or the storytelling part of this podcast, social media you know, the work that you're doing, which we would love to hear more about, because I know that that's kind of, it's clearly your mission. And we'd love to hear more about how you're kind of upholding that today. Yeah. You want me to go into it now? Yeah. Let's do it. I'll, yeah. I'll, just read, okay. I'll, I'll read a little bit for our yeah, listeners here. So Dr. Abby completed research on a relationship between Filipino culture and assertiveness and the results of 472 Filipinos from 35 states showed that higher Filipino culture is related to lower assertiveness. So I just want to open up with that. And the key word here in our conversation today is assertiveness. So Dr. Abby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assertiveness. That's hard for, <laughs> and I'm still learning it every single day, but it all started like this. I decided to do my doctorate in industrial organizational psychology, which just so you know, that's psychology of the workplace. Like what are employees mm-hmm. experiencing? How do they feel? feel, you know, those Mm -hmm. thoughts and emotions that they have. And and you can run a company based on that. And if you do running, trying to run a company without knowing that psychology, then you're not doing very good. Gonna last very long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they used to say emotions and feelings are don't have anything to do with the workforce, but who are you trying to manage? You're managing people who are driven by their thoughts and emotions. So right. I decided to do that major because I thought it was really cool. I'm a very touchy feel kind of person and I did my master's in management. So let's learn about this cool stuff. And then when I had to decide on what to do my research on for my dissertation, I was like, I'm Filipino American. A lot of people don't do things about Filipino Americans. So what is it about us? Mm. And then as I looked at different things, I realized there's this thing called the bamboo ceiling. And the bamboo mm-hmm. ceiling is that barrier that Asian Americans meet as they're trying to get up into the higher levels of their company. And they're like, what, how am I not getting in? 
I'm so smart. You know, I've been with this company for so long. And is it because people up there are like, we don't want Asians? Mm. Partly, maybe. But the book Jane, Jane Hyun wrote, Breaking the Bamboo Ceiling, says that it has partly to do with us because we hold so closely to our culture and our culture is what's keeping us down from mm. getting up there. Why? Because our culture says, be quiet, Anak. Be quiet, yeah. Anak. Do not talk. And then who's getting promoted? Who, what are the leaders looking for? The people who can speak up, you know? And right. you're like, oh no, I will not go there. I will not tell my boss that it's wrong or I can do it differently. Just obey, right? Yeah. Just keep your head low, Anak. So I was like, whoa, this is big and it's big in the Filipino culture. Yeah. So I picked one aspect of leadership, which of successful leaders, which is assertiveness. And then there's a survey that is established, reliable, and valid that measures how assertive you are. And then there's actually another survey that exists called the Enculturation Scale for Filipino Americans that shows how closely you hold on to your culture. Okay. And so these questions that came up, I wanted to see, is there really like connection? Uh, re- connection? Yeah. And in research, psychological research, it has to be statistically significant. You can't say, you know, it's a little bit off. It has mm-hmm. to be consistently both ways. So I had the Filipino Americans, the 472 or 73 Filipino Americans in 35 states, right? And I found them all online, all these people, and they did the survey. And consistently, every time they went up in assertiveness, they were low in their Filipino culture. If they were high in Filipino culture, they were low in assertiveness. And it was like, wow. I mean, it could have just been a hunch that I had or a guess, but now it's confirmed by this research. And with the research, I was able to now go into the actual survey and look at the questions and see how the questions that were asked relate to specific values like hiya, pakikisama, utang nalao. You got, you know, like, am I stirring up things right now? Yeah, (laughs) the Filipino psychology. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, I want to be a good person. And to be Mm. a good person, I've always been told, you know, do these things. But now if I want to move up in a company, do I stop being a good person? Do I be a bad person because I want to move up? No. And so my message is now, Filipino, find your voice. You can still be a good person. Mm. Embrace what you learned, but know that there's a gap to fill and you can still be assertive. And not have to be that ugly person who's, you know, rude and, you know, confronting people in a mean way. And it's not ugly. It can be respectful assertiveness. It can be artful assertiveness. So I speak now to kind of let people know, number one, be aware of what's happening in you. Like in that one moment, oh my goodness, this is utang nalao. You know, like, oh Mm -hmm. my goodness, I'm not saying anything. And I totally want to say something. And what's wrong with me? And, you know, what can I do? And how can I assert myself, tell my boss like it is, or tell my boss and still be completely respectful. So it's huge. And it's so, uh, what's the word? Uh, People experience this freedom now when when they have their voice, they can finally say it. Because what are you stuck with if you don't talk, if you don't speak up, you're in your own little prison. Yeah. You know, 
And it's not fair to the company. You have all this intelligence and you're not telling anybody. So, I mean, you could tell I'm really excited about it. And um, that's my YouTube series is going to be called Speak Up Enough. And it's going to be talking about all the little things, you know, each of the different values, Filipino values, and, and really figuring out what can you do about it and when you know. So, I love that. Um, yeah. Would you mind for those of our listeners who are not familiar with Filipino psychology, the ones that you just touched on a little bit that come up in that study of assertiveness that you did, would you mind giving like a brief little overview of what each of those facets are and how they kind of manifest in those moments yeah. where you're like, oh, if I speak up in this moment, am I not being a good Filipino anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, there's Udagnalo, which is that, that debt of the heart, literally, and it's a sense of obligation. So for yeah. example, if let's say, here's an example, you have beach plans with your friends next weekend and your uncle who has done so much for you and who has loved you since you were, before you were born, you know, and is a member of the family, has the same blood you have, right? Says, oh yeah, hey, Next week, I'm going to be moving and I really could use your help carrying some of those heavy boxes, you know, into my new house. You're like, uh, You're like and I have that, plans. <laughs> yeah, no, no. is like, forget my plans. Family comes first. Yeah. You have no right to what you feel happy because it's the right thing to do to sacrifice to the core, you know, do everything for your family, even with tears in your eyes and bloody knuckles. You know what I mean? You like, I know I'm getting graphic, but it's, it's like, that's an exaggeration, but you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yes. you know, if, if auntie says play piano for me and you're like, okay, but I only have like five hours of homework and an exam <laughs> and I, I can't, but okay, Tita, you know, it's like, you don't say no, that's, the, yeah. that, that's part of that, you know? Pakikisama is like going along with the crowd. You know, if you don't really want to go do something, you just do it and you suck it up because you don't want to stand out. You don't want to be that person who goes against what everybody wants you to do. You know, amor proprio is a preservation of your image, right? So mm-hmm. if you, you know, Kevin Nadal is, Dr. Kevin Nadal is Filipino-American psychologist. He lectured one time and he, he talked about these college students who went to University of California and they failed. And mm-hmm. rather than telling their parents, because that would, you know, deface the image, right? They went to the community college, Santa Fe Community College, brought their grades up and then re-enrolled back into the UCLA before they graduated. And their parents were like, my child has graduated from UCLA, you know, never had to know. You just fix it and you just make it happen, right? So this is all that, you know, the and Mm. and that's all related to HIA, which is shame. Okay, that's another one. You know, so you deal with this, you know, you do everything to preserve preserve your image so that you don't have to deal with the shame. And there's so much shame. It's, it's, it's like in Mulan, you know, you bring dishonor to our family, you know, that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, how dare you not be a nurse? You're such a disgrace. Yeah. I can't even look at you, right? You're not a nurse. You're not a doctor or at least physical therapist, you know, <laughs> it's the least you can do, right? There's so much of that that we carry. So all these expectations. Did I, did I cover them all? Oh, this oh my is gosh. one of the biggest oh, ones. Oh, there's more. <laughs> yeah. 
La Casa Nang La Ob is called Inner Strength. And this is, you know, based on colonial mentality because all that time that the Spaniards, you know, said you got to live life like this. The Filipinos were like, you know, either die or suck it up and do what they say. So over, you know, 400 years of being colonized, they're like, might as well just do what everybody says. And so La Casa Nang La Ob is the inner strength. You know, it's almost like we see it as, resilience resiliency yeah but actually your that resilience is actually you destroying yourself inside yes how many years do you have to live on this earth would you you know how fun are you how much fun are you having in destroying yourself inside Hmm? you know let's do something (laughs) about it right (laughs) life is too short so yeah there's so much there Thank you for that. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to your YouTube series when you launch that to really dive into more of this stuff. Because I think as you were explaining all of those, I think we could all relate at some point listening to the descriptions that you gave and how they manifest in our own lives. And so I think that it's something definitely worth diving into. I remember trying a couple of years ago to dive into like my own personal research on Filipino psychology and all these different facets. So it's helpful again to, in conversation, normalize those things and really just plant the seeds in your head so that the next time that comes up, you're like, oh, you know, I can go to the beach and tell my uncle like, no, I can't help you move that day. Sorry. And it's okay. You know? Yeah, it's totally okay. And the other thing is think about it this way. If you say yes, when you didn't want to say yes, what you're doing too, is you're ruining your relationship with your uncle because that resentment doesn't go away very easily. And now you resent the family too. And, you know, in a way you're not loving your uncle by not sharing how you feel. You're just making the relationship worse. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you have to love and love sometimes takes saying no for the sake of boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries. Yes. You know, just hearing everything you're saying, Dr. Abby, I feel like my chest is tightening because of all these examples that you shared. It's so true. It's so real. It's so ingrained. Relatable. Yeah. Yeah. And even with like all the therapy that I can go through, it's like, I still have to practice that reframe in my head and to be like, okay, well, yes, you may feel bad, but like you're honoring yourself and you're honoring that relationship, you know, like even just how I am right now, having been estranged from a lot of my family members right now, I kind of say that I do it as a form of love because I need to do my own self-healing and work so I can bring back, you know, kind of maybe a fuller version of myself back to the family, for example, but it's, it's totally different from like just sticking with your family, you know? So there's a lot of that, like inner conflict that I think you just so eloquently explained for everyone that is a hyphenated American or Filipino American in this situation. And so to even, so I I just love that you did that study and I also have some call to actions. Like, what do you do knowing this information now? And it's about having that respectful conversations, respectful conversations, like really speaking up for yourself, advocating for yourself, but not having to do it in such a, I don't know, sleazy way or a way that like aggressive way, like there's a, a gentler, respectful way to do it. And, you know, it takes conversations like this and normalizing these types of topics to find that language to, to actually do it. Cause otherwise, yeah, we're just going to kind of keep quiet. And I think about my mom and, you know, she's so fortunate to have worked in the government for, I think she just celebrated 30 years, but she hasn't really climbed the ranks in a sense, you know? And I think a lot of it is because of that, you know, wanting to not rock the boat, you know, just listening to the higher ups and the supervisors and, 
I mean, I don't know the full story, but I kind of feel like, like, mom, like you've been here for a long time, you know, like, and just, just the way that you describe it gets me to think like, well, you know, that's my mom. That's where she comes from. You know, she did immigrate from the Philippines and she was all about assimilating and that's her story. That's her narrative. Now for me, on the other hand, I can't do that. I can't just be obedient. I can't just you know, stay within the lines. And, you know, I couldn't even hold down a job in my young twenties. You know, I've been self-employed for the last decade because there's just something in me. And I think maybe this is from my ancestors that just can't be told what to do sometimes, you know, yeah. and, and to even do something as radical as a podcast show to normalize these conversations. Yeah. So everything that you said, it's, I feel, I, I can't wait to re-listen to this and process this and, and digest it because it's so true. It's so real. And I'm so glad that you did this research to really say with confidence and conviction, like this is where we're at as a community. And this is what you can do to assert yourself more. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to say too, I mean, we're all saying it so eloquently, <laughs> right? But I'm going to just tell you now, it's not going to be pretty. It's yeah. not going to be pretty and you have to be okay with the yuckiness that that's going to come up in conversations. Your heart's going to be beating fast, but deep down inside, you're going to feel love, you know, yeah. and eventually you'll be able to look back and say, you know what? I feel actually really great in my relationship with my mom right now, or, yeah. or even my spouse, you know, right now, I will tell you like, I've been married 26 years. Okay. And in this time we've gotten along. Okay. You know, every, we made it this far, right? <laughs> We're still <Okay>. here. <laughs> but, but now that I'm doing all these talks on assertiveness, there are little situations that happen and I walk away and I'm like, let's go there. You know, and I'll be like, um, no, I don't want to watch this TV show. So either one, I'm going to go in the other room or two, I want to ask you if we could change the channel rather mm-hmm. than just doing what I always do, where I just sit there and watch, and watch I whatever want. you want to watch, you know, yeah. and I'm, like, I'm being a good wife because I'm supporting my husband or you know, I'm letting him, I I love seeing how happy he is watching the show, but I'm like, how unhappy am I though in this moment? Oh, I so love I'm this like, topic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go in the other room and watch a show I like, or I would like to say, can we watch a show? We have a new show that we've been watching together. We actually got to the end of the series. It's called Blacklist and I like it and he likes it. And it's, yeah, it's a good one. I feel like we need to have you on our private podcast, Chismas with Jen and Nani to do an episode specifically about this. Actually, Jen, I think that's a, a great idea that I want to, to list. <laughs> yeah, feel free to add it to the list of topics that we're going to do. Yes, yeah. definitely make that a whole nother episode to dive into because I at least can absolutely relate and am going through kind of the same thing myself in my own relationship. Like, okay, while at the same time, I recognize not every battle is worth fighting when it is, I need to be more assertive about it, I think is what I'm learning about myself and recognizing and trying to act on in real time as it plays out. So I appreciate you giving that example that is just so raw. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's happening every day. We're growing and learning and changing. And I'm able to like end the night looking back and going, I have a pretty good marriage. You know, like we totally can talk. Yeah. You know, did it look a little ugly where he was like, you want to go in the other room? You know? (laughs) Yeah. I do. (laughs) Yeah. And then we had that talk and I was like, okay. Or he was like, okay, we'll change it. Now it makes 
I mean, even this many years into marriage, I can actually feel like excited about how we just leveled up. Yeah. How we communicate now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is to be said for whether you're talking about, you know, with your partner or with a family member or even with your friends or at work in corporate America. I think that as Filipinos, boundaries are just not something that we are taught to feel entitled to, to learn how to exercise. And when we do, you know, make efforts to implement them, it's like, even as we're doing it, we're second guessing ourselves and, Yeah. So it takes a lot of practice and a lot of effort and a lot of like mental gymnastics, I guess, for us to be able to, to get to the point to where we're like, oh, this is actually benefiting these relationships. This is actually helping, Mm -hmm. you know, me, like Jen said, show up as a fuller version of myself and also having more healthy relationships, more honest, more genuine, more fruitful relationships because I'm able to do that. So I think it just takes, again, a lot of mental gymnastics to get to the point where you can connect those dots and act on it again in real time. Yeah. I just love this conversation. If I'm not talking a lot, it's because I'm just ta- like, I feel like y'all speaking to me right now. You know, I'm, just, I'm taking it in. And I think this is worth talking about because we have to challenge like, where are those, like, where's that coming from? Right. Well, I was reading this book about sales and a lot of people are afraid of sales because I guess like psychologically, you know, we think that, you know, sales is like risking like your sense of community or what have you, or you might be facing death. You might be facing like a saber toothed tiger to attack you. And if you can really just challenge your fears and see that as like, you know, primitive fears in a sense, like they, they are non-existent anymore. Like you're not going to die by asking someone to buy something from you, you know, like when you can challenge that, you can like, acknowledge it for what it is, but also like have that courage and that conviction to move forward anyway, despite what you have kind of been conditioned all along, which you, you know, you don't know until you challenge it. So I just, I love that we're having this conversation because it is important to know these things and to speak up and to honor ourselves and set those boundaries because we can, you know, maybe our ancestors, unfortunately, weren't able to do it. Like they had to do what they needed to do to survive, Mm -hmm. but we're in a space right now where we can honor our boundaries and we can honor, you know, our, like what we want. And I think it's our duty and our responsibility to be able to do that and to verbalize that and be that example for our family and people in our community. So I'm just eating up everything that you're saying, Dr. Abby, I'm all about it. (laughs) Yes. I love the theme of this conversation today and how it's, you know, really about, the channel that you're looking to launch and the Filipino find your voice. I think that that's such a good, like one liner. It will probably be the title for this episode. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Dr. Abby, I feel like we can hang out with you all day, but obviously all good things eventually have to come to an end. So I just want to double check and cover all my bases here. Is there anything else you want people to know about life today or just anything else before we wrap up with your life lesson? Yes. Okay. So I'm talking about Filipino find your voice, right? And I want you guys to speak up. I want you to learn these different things that you're hearing today, right? And as you learn them and you change them for yourself, find someone else that you could change too. We all need each other. And when you help somebody else, you're helping yourself because you're reinforcing it for yourself. So don't let this fall on deaf ears and continue to spread the awareness. Just like you're hearing some of these things, maybe for the first time, someone else out there has not heard it. So you could be the one to share it with them for the first time. And let's not let this die because this message really needs to happen for all of us out there who are experiencing these questions, doubts, concerns. Oh, yeah. Just, I need a minute. No, I, I, love, I love it. it. It's beautiful. And 
it's interesting because, you know, once Nani and I step out of these conversations, you know, we're back into the real world, right? And the real world can sort of sometimes put us back in our place or remind us of our self-doubt. And so I just, again, I appreciate these little time, but what do you call it? Like this pocket of time to have these discussions and be reminded that, you know, our voice matters and, you know, to challenge maybe our own fears and to challenge like why we are trying to, you know, just automatically minimize ourselves, but to actually step up and create space for ourselves and everything. So I just, I'm here for all of it. (laughs) Yeah. Nani, any thoughts on what Dr. Abby shared? No, I think just mic drop for that. Again, to reiterate, don't let all of this information that we're sharing today with you fall on deaf ears and pass it along when you can, you know, we're all learning as we go. And I think that we only do that. We only become successful in doing that when we share what we're learning with each other. So that is the second piece to, you know, actually listening to this episode and implementing what you're hearing is to also share it with others so they can do the same. All right. Well, Dr. Abby, as we always wrap up in our show, we like to end with a life lesson that people can think about between now and the next conversation, or hopefully this is something that will really stick with them. So as we wrap up, what would you like to share with us? What's a life lesson that you want us all to walk away with? Okay. So walking away on the point of walking away, you just said, you know, we're going to spend this time together, right? We are, everyone's mm-hmm. going to listen to this podcast. And then afterwards they'll be like, Oh, that was good. And then they turn it off. Right. And then you go out into the real world. So don't let it just be during this time. Okay. So in the next few hours of your life, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen where you're going to be like, Hmm, I want to say something, but I don't know if I should say it, you know? So identify like, this is one of those moments, you know, Mm. and then say, okay, what am I going to do with this moment? Am I going to seize the moment or am I going to just be quiet again? And then in that moment, take the baby steps, you know, say something a little bit different. You know, if you go to Chick-fil-A and they forget to give you your sweet and sour sauce in the bag, go back and say, hey, you forgot my sweet and sour sauce. Oh my gosh, I've had that. Yeah, (laughs) it's okay. I can eat it without the sweet and sour sauce. You know, that's, it's tiny, but every single win you have just makes you work that muscle so that you can get more and more assertive at the important things and the big things and asking for your promotion and your raise and, you know, go tell your mom to go ask for a raise right now. You know, you should work for that company forever. So yeah, yeah, it's the moment that's coming up next where you decide what to do, identify it and seize the moment, act on it and become stronger in finding your voice. You know, that just reminds me of a quote I literally put on Twitter the other day. I'm going to read it. So this is by Abraham Maslow. And he says, in any given moment, we have two options to step forward into growth or to step back into safety. And I, I feel like that's essentially what you're saying, like that next moment where, and this has happened to us a lot. Like when I, I'll go to like the fast food restaurant and they like, so ha- I'm not going to mention the name of it, but they always forget something like they always forget like yeah. fries or whatever on the side. And, you know, let's say I'm with my husband and he's like, and he's like, oh, they forgot the fries again. And I'm like, uh, well, it's fine. Whatever. You know, like, like we kind of dismiss it together in a way. And, and actually there's that actually the last story I'll share is there's one of my favorite boba shops down the street. They always get my husband's Vietnamese coffee drink wrong. Like, like he'll say he wants it hot. They always have it cold. You know, they always like forget, even though we tell them and he always gets upset. And I remember like one of the last times that happened, we make it at home now, by the way, cause we just don't want to like deal with it. But I remember like going back in there and we're like, 
And I was like, and it's funny because it's like, it's a Vietnamese family. So I feel like there should be this mutual understanding, but still I was like so afraid to stand up for myself. I was like, um, we asked this to be hot, you know, not cold. And, but they redid it. They, they redid yeah. the whole thing, you know? And I just love these little examples that are so practical that we run into in our day to day that you're just saying in those little moments, that's the moment. You know, yeah. I feel like we should have a hat or a shirt that says, this is one of those moments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like yeah. a sign, that, a neon sign that goes <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speak up now. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And you um, know what? Just on that note on the, the Vietnamese tea, coffee. coffee, just so you know, when you tell them, when you don't tell them, you're robbing them of the opportunity to improve. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. They'll never know. They'll just keep right. messing it up every time and be like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Then they become, you know, people stop going to them. People like you are going to start making it at home now because exactly. you can't trust the people to make it right. So, I mean, you're making the world a better place for everybody. By yeah. speaking up. Yeah. Wow. It happened like you a shared... number of times though. <laughs> I was like, no, I know. I have certain places around here. Like even there's like this one Starbucks location. I drink Starbucks like every day, which is probably really bad, but there's this one location that is the same way. Like, I feel like they almost are doing it on purpose, maybe. (laughs) Because like, if I ask for it cold, they'll give it hot. And if I ask for it hot, they'll give it cold. (laughs) If I ask for almond milk, they put regular, you know what I mean? So it's just just like, is this a game that we're playing or or is it an honest accident? But it's like, you'll never know, you know, until you actually say, hey, I meant for this to be hot today, or I yeah. meant I ordered this ice today, you know, and you feel so out of your comfort zone doing that. Cause it's like, Oh, I don't want to come off like ungrateful or like, yeah. you know, one of those, mm-hmm. like one, know, of those people, <laughs> one of those customers, one of those customers that's just like so nitpicky, but like yeah. I ordered it the way I ordered it, or there's something missing from my order, you know? Yeah. And so again, I love, like Jen said, how you're giving these like so practical everyday examples that happens to all of us, you know, Filipino Mm -hmm. or not happens to everybody where moments for us to identify when to speak up, when to use our voice, even if it doesn't seem like, you know, that big of a deal it is in the context of building your character. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you just shared, you enlightened us so much today and shared so much inspiration. I think that this is going to be a really great episode for people to contemplate over the next week and again, try and implement it in their own lives and also share what they're learning and how it's impacted them. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't forget that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask for those fries, y'all. <laughs> and that's my life. That's what I'm taking away from, for myself. <laughs> Ask for that hot Vietnamese coffee, not the cold one. Yeah. Dr. Abby, this has been such a pleasure and amazing moment in time to spend with you. So I just want to thank you again for being here and also your flexibility, because I know we started a little late, but just thank you so much. And anything else you want to say before I do the official wrap up? Just want to say you guys are doing an amazing job. I mean, you're already finding your voice and you're, you are using your voice for all of us who don't know the thoughts that we're having and the feelings that we're having. You're helping us navigate that. And thank you for doing that and the difference that you're making for so many of us, our lives are changing because of you and just don't stop. Thank you for being an inspiration and a role model to a lot of us. You hear that, Nadi? I know. Thank <laughs> you so much for saying that. I want to cry. <laughs> Usually uh, we make other people cry on the show, but now I want to. <laughs> uh, 
I, I'm so glad that was recorded. That's like, I'm going to like save that little clip there. And whenever I'm feeling like I'm having a bad day, I <laughs> just replay it. Now, Dr. Abby, absolute pleasure having you. Thank you again so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. And we will see you soon on Chismas with Jen and Nani, if you are willing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk more after. Yeah, in the meantime. In the meantime, if y'all want to reach out to Dr. Abby, you can find her at her website, drabbyhamilton.com. She's also on Instagram, abbyhamilton333. And check out her YouTube series that I believe probably at the time of this release, it'll be available. So check that out, her YouTube series. And of course, she has other social media accounts, but you know, go to her website, drabbyhamilton.com or reach out to her on Instagram. And of course, Nani, thank you for co-hosting with me as always. Yes, thank you for having me today. Yes. And remember to our listeners, you can get a hold of us by seeing our contact info, either in the show notes of this episode or checking out our website at tfawtforproject.com, tfawproject.com. All right. We love you all. And with that said, thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.